Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, all I really have to say is what a great weekend of racing we just got wrapped up with. I'm Brandon Monroe. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. And, you know, when we go to Talladega, we always hope for, you know, the the great racing, the great finishes, and uh, just for everyone to be safe. And uh, for the most part, we got that this weekend. Um, let's just start with the truck race. Uh, scariest moment of the weekend probably happened at the beginning of this race um with jordan anderson in stage one uh car basically just exploded um jordan tried jumping out of the car uh ended up crashing into the inside wall just didn't know where he was and you know given the car that given the fact that the truck was just a fireball at that point you know he's trying to do everything he can to get out of it uh was uh medevaced out with um uh, a helicopter after the crash um some minor burns by the sound of it uh, expected to make a full recovery which is good um and and luckily that was really the only bad incident of the whole weekend um racing itself very very good in the truck race uh did take a little bit of a a turn with some tire issues a grand end finger championship contender having a tire go down set off what was probably the biggest wreck until the very end and then, of course, at the end of the race, we had the issue with Carson Hosevar, which I think is a, a good place to start real quickly here. Um, what's your thoughts, Mark, on what Carson Hosevar did at the end of that race, just stopping on the track to bring out a yellow after he had a tire go down? One lap was not enough of a penalty. I would agree with that. <laughs> like, I would agree 100% with that. Uh, it, we've There are certainly times similar to the same kind of issue when drivers take each other out, where drivers spin, it's like, oh, was that on purpose? Was it not? And for the most part, it's hard to tell, and it's hard to prove, and drivers don't usually get in trouble until they mention it very explicitly. Uh, but when you're stopped on the track, and very, and we've, to be fair, I feel like the people have gotten away with this uh, at other points. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's pretty clear. You're stopped, caution comes out, and you get going again. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, deserved more than the lap that he got. Not that it, would, it really would have mattered. Um, if he gets penalized the second lap, he literally only loses uh, one spot anyway. But it, it just, it's, you definitely want to discourage it. I felt like he should have just been parked. How, you know, deliberately that affected um, the end of that race with something just dumb i mean i i get you know you're upset you have a chance to get your first win he's been there many a times this year and you have something out of control like that go wrong the tire goes down but um you know just just to park on the track like that very unsportsmanlike i'm with you should have been more than a one lap penalty to be fair parking him doesn't really do anything there either like it's... it doesn't but i think it kind of gets the point across. I mean, you're right. He's out of the playoffs. It is well, what that, it is. Literally, again, that, w- that would also only cost him one position. Yeah, true. True with how everything did end up going at the end of the race. He would only have fallen one spot back. I mean, hey, maybe maybe Grant and Finger after Homestead will be like, oh, we needed that point. But outside of that happening, I, I would agree. It doesn't really affect anything, though. I, I do feel like I would have just liked them to do it because I I just thought it was BS and just a a childish move to do it there. But 
Anyways, that sets up a green-white checkered finish, and uh, very exciting there coming to the end of the race, and then NASCAR, bit of controversy here, not the first time we've seen it at Talladega. Uh, Corey Himes spins out through the tri-oval, he comes back into traffic, there's also another wreck as the drivers get close to the line, um, NASCAR decides to throw the yellow, what looked like Brett Holmes crossed the line first, would have won the race. NASCAR, by throwing the yellow, ended up giving the win to Matt DiBenedetto. Um, you know, there's a lot to take away from this finish, especially with Ben Rhodes. Um, he is probably the luckiest person here because I do not understand how you do not black flag him for forcing Matt DiBenedetto under the yellow line, even though DiBenedetto made the pass. NASCAR said, oh, it didn't affect anything. Uh, part of forcing someone under the yellow line, it, it, it doesn't matter if it affects it or not. You're forcing somebody below there, and... Myself, I believe you included, and a lot of other fans feel like Ben Rhodes should have been black flagged and put at the tail end of the lead lap. I mean, it only ended up not affecting anything because Matt DiBenedetto still won. If they don't throw the caution there, while sure it doesn't uh, advance uh, Ben Rhodes' position, it absolutely cost Matt DiBenedetto the win. Uh, it wasn't like he just shoved him down. They made contact after he was down there. They rubbed against him. I just don't understand how this is not a penalty for, for Ben Rhodes. I, I don't understand it either. Normally, like forcing somebody below, it shouldn't matter what the outcome is. It should be you, you forced them below the yellow line. And, um, you know, Matt DiBenedetto is lucky that they threw the yellow. He probably should have won that race no problem. If Ben Rhodes races him clean, even if he pinches him down a little bit, Matt's going to have the run, and Holmes isn't going to get back or up around on the outside to make the pass to win the race either. And, and Matt D probably wins by, like, half a truck. But, you know, because of that contact, uh, Brett Holmes, he, he did get to the line first, very reminiscent of some Xfinity finishes here with, um, you know, Brennan Poole, Elliot Sadler, and then there was another one, I think, with, like, Casey Kane um, and Justin Allgaier. Uh, not Justin Allgaier, uh, Regan Smith at Talladega before. Um, you know, very, very reminiscent of that, where the driver that got to the line first didn't win the race. But in this case, I don't necessarily feel bad for Brett Holmes, because I feel like Matt DiBenedetto was about to get robbed by Ben Rhodes. So I I'm not too upset with throwing the yellow there, though I do feel like when they are wrecking, I know we've had a lot of talk about safety over the last couple weeks, but when you are wrecking in that situation, these drivers aren't lifting. They they wrecked again after they threw the yellow because they did not stop. So it, it does stink that you have a finish like that kind of messed up, but, you know, it, it is what it is, and I think the right guy won the race still. Because of a different issue with the whole Ben Rhodes thing, I think Matt Benedetto was going to win that race, and he would have gotten to the line first if Ben Rhodes didn't decide to try to take him out. Yeah, just not gaining anything. Like just well, let, obviously, I think this was a big screw up historically, but this yellow line rule just causes clearly more issues than anything. It doesn't do anything here uh, in terms of stopping anything from happening. They just let it happen. And instead, it just creates controversy. Back to Carl Edwards' penalty at Daytona. Oh, in 06 in the, the and shootout. Half, decade and a half ago, where he didn't gain anything. He lost spots. He, like, he literally he, lost he spots. He literally lost spots, and they black flag him. So I, this feels like not wanting to impact the playoffs is just genuinely what this feels like. Uh, by penalizing him, you would have effectively have put Ben Rhodes in a must-win situation. I mean, he deserved to be penalized, so he should be penalized. Uh, 
Uh, but that is effectively what you were doing. And I just feel like at the end of the day, they didn't want to do that. So they didn't penalize them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a fair assessment to that. And I, I kind of feel the same way too. You don't want to have a judgment call like that, shake everything up, but it, it should have been the right call. And right now, Ben Rhodes is a couple points ahead of that cut line. So we'll see how big of a difference that's going to make in a couple weeks when they go to Homestead. Um, let's, Take a look at some of the finishers here. Well, oh, no, I was going to say, just going down the points real quick. Right. It is going to be a pretty, pretty great battle here at, uh, at Homestead in a few weeks. Uh, obviously, Time of Jesse locked in from his win at um, Martins, or uh, sorry, at Bristol, uh, would actually be well behind if not for the win at Bristol. I uh, would be just barely ahead of Enfinger. But. He's locked in, and that's all that matters. Uh, the only guy I think going in to uh, to Homestead with any semblance of comfort is Chandler Smith, uh, currently sitting 30 points up on uh, the cut line. Uh, next is Zane Smith, who is sitting 18 points on, on the cut line, and doesn't feel safe, I'm sure, but I mean, it's still more comfortable than everybody else. Past Zane Smith for the last spot is just going to be a slugfest. Uh, right now, Ben Rhodes is in by two points. Again, sitting there because he didn't get a penalty that he deserved. Uh, but then after Ben Rhodes, you have Stuart Friesen out by two points. Christian Eckes and John Hunter both out by four points. Grant and Finger certainly in a must win just because of how close the people are in front of him uh, to making it in 28 points back. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's very tight there. I know, obviously, we have a couple weeks before we really dive into this race for the trucks, but I mean, early favorite for me getting in is probably John Hunter. I, I feel like just with the speed they have, it has to be John Hunter. Uh, my John Hunter, probably almost in reverse order of, of where they are currently seated based on finish, with Rhodes 4th, Stuart 5th, uh, Stuart Friesen 5th, uh, Eckes 6th, and John Hunter 7th. Probably reverse order for that. John Hunter's probably my favorite, then Eckes, then Friesen, uh, then Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes got very fortunate. Uh, past Ben Rhodes, it looks like you had Christian, Christian Eckes who finished fifth, but then the next playoff guy looks like it was Chandler Smith who finished uh, 14th, and that doesn't matter because he's already in a pretty good spot. And then past that, the only other one in the top 20, oh, Zane Smith, sorry, in 17th, and then Stuart Friesen in 20th. Uh, just a bad day, which I mean is I feel like expected at Talladega. I feel like last year there was only one, maybe two guys in the top ten then as well. Uh, it's just kind of what you expect at Talladega for them. I am not a fan of this being in their uh, last round. I just I feel like uh, makes a lot of chaos that I don't. We already think that it, but already with the system is fairly random, and just having Talladega in the last round just feels unnecessarily chaotic. Uh, but, I mean, it sets us up in a good spot going into Homestead. I mean, I think I think we would agree the solution to this is just add more races at the end of the year for the truck series, and then we won't have this problem. But, you know, it, it, uh, it is what it is there, and uh, I'm sure these drivers will deal with it. I know we were run through, I think you were talking about some of the, uh, the where the playoff drivers finished. Uh, just going through the actual order, order here. Uh, one person I definitely want to focus on is Haley Deegan, who came home sixth, not because of her sixth place finish, but because of the incident that she had in pit road during the race. Yeah, I mean, she 
not necessarily entirely her fault. Very boneheaded move by the pit crew guy, uh, tire tire carrier. But uh, she gets in a little hot, hits the tire carrier. Tire rolls off into the track, and he just sprints after it. <laughs> the sprints after the tire. One of the biggest no nos in the in the sport, really. Yeah, I would uh, agree. Had his hard card revoked and was escorted from the secure areas of the track, meaning he was not on pit road the rest of the race. Yeah, I mean, I think some people, I know some people on social media did say that's a that's a little bit harsh. No need to embarrass the guy, but you you never could just run out into the middle of the track like he pretty much did. Uh, not the first time we've seen that, obviously, um, but just. Just how the whole thing went down, you saw Haley Deegan get into her, her carrier, and you saw the tire bounce out to pit road, and then they switch camera shots, and you see the tire rolling, and you see the guy start sprinting out, and you're just like, no, <laughs> you can't do that, and NASCAR threw the yellow immediately after, which they have to in that situation, you can't have somebody, you know, that far out into the grass um, while the track is uh, green, so... You know, I haven't seen anything like it in a while, but it kind of just makes. I feel like this you know, decade and a half ago, one of Ambrose's. Uh... That's the one I was thinking of in Atlanta. Yep, and that was that was before I think they had the actual like waiver rounds, I believe, because I remember that trapped a lot of cars a lap down. Can't remember the full everything you know that set that up because it was a while ago. I think it was two thousand nine. That sounds about right. Yeah, so I, I don't think they have the wave rounds then because the wave round didn't come until they had double file restarts and that that trapped everybody a lap down. I feel like there was only about 10 cars on the lead lap that entire race because of that because it happened during a green flag cycle. So uh, obviously this didn't shake up the race to that degree, but you know it still had an impact. And you know, I'll give Haley Deegan credit. Um, I think a lot of those spots probably came from missing the wrecks at the end of the race, but... She still got a top ten, so uh, definitely Was a good run. Not for just her. A, a top ten, her best career finish. Yeah, sixth place. So uh, uh, obviously, just with with De Benedetto getting his uh, first win was also his first top five and the first and only laps. He's a uh, lap. He's led in the truck series so far. Unless you go on Racing Reference for whatever reason, they still haven't updated that to show one lap led. So uh, need to need to get that changed. Obviously, great run for Brent Holmes. Actually, as as, as crazy as might seem, his second top ten of the season did get a top ten at Las Vegas as well. Uh, I mean, it was very you know standard. I feel like what we see at a especially in the truck series uh, top ten. Chase Purdy in seventh for his uh, fifth career top ten, second of the fit of the season. Colby Howard in eighth for his third top ten of his career, also his best career finish. He had a lot of problems in this race too. A couple tires go down, some some accidents where he spun out, but um, was able to keep the truck in one piece and get a top ten. That'll that'll really do it for the truck race, you know, with uh some surprising people up there in the top ten. Nothing nothing crazy, nothing like we saw <laughs> in the Xfinity Series race at Daytona. So surprising, yet at the same time not surprising. Yeah, again, not super crazy. Just generally, I feel like what we expect in the truck series at this point. At Talladega. And uh, I would say uh, kind of similar in the Xfinity race where we had some moments during it, but at the end of the day, nothing too crazy. I think literally nothing crazy. Uh, I mean, the finish was pretty crazy. The finish but was great. Actually, it was a great yes. finish, but in terms of people finishing where they finished, I don't think really anything 
mm-hmm. crazy at all. Yeah, another another clean race. The only incident on track for a crash was on lap uh, four. Um, Ty Gibbs got spun out by Justin Allgaier going down the backstretch, and that was it. Gibbs brushed the wall. You know, that was it. contact with the wall, but no damage. and Nothing. nothing I was surprised. I thought uh, there would have been a lot more damage to the front of that car. Xfinity car, and this, I don't remember this. might have been the first time it ever, has ever happened. It was, uh, it was yeah. Finished the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty crazy speedway. we leave texas where we have the fewest cars finishing at a non-super speedway race since 1998 i think it was go to talladega where last time we were at a plate track at daytona and both the xfinity and the cup series just pure chaos pure chaos super calm race one on track incident all 38 cars finish um all of them, but one finished within four laps of uh, of the lead, the leaders. So very, very clean race, but a very exciting finish, as you mentioned. And I will say the Xfinity guys, they they might finally be learning how to race the end of these it races. Certainly felt like they weren't, especially Trevor Bain. I know he was talking a lot about it, but that they weren't as content to just ride around like it feels like they are a lot of the time. Yeah, they, they started moving around with about five to go. It really looked like Austin Hill was in control of this race. He tries to chase Noah Gregson up the track on a big block, and that pretty much took both of them out of it. Uh, gave a lot of guys like Ryan Sieg and Sam Mayer. They were right there. It looked like one of them was probably going to win this race. And coming to the line, A.J. Allmendinger, in my opinion, an all-time move. I did not think he had the room to get in front of Ryan Sieg coming through the trial. <laughs> like he didn't know if he had the room. <laughs> He made it work, though. He was able to just squeeze right in front, uh, had the momentum on the top side going, and he was just barely able to beat Sam Merritt in the line. Um, you know, good run for Mayer. That was the first time he's really been in contention at the you know to win one of these races. And you know, the old saying is, you got to lose one before you win one. That might have been the one that he lost. Really good run out of him. And with but, uh, with when Almondinger pulled that move, I unless you like you literally have to time it one hundred percent perfect. He did. He, he did. No, no, Sam Mayer. Like oh, say, oh, yeah, the block. One hundred percent perfect to throw that block. A second early, it doesn't work because he just stays low. A second late, and you're spun. Yeah, and it was with I'm sure where he. Th- I didn't think Almondinger had the room. Like I said, it sounded like Almondinger didn't think he had the room. I'm sure Sam Mayer didn't think he had the room, and just. Not a lot you could do at that spot. Just perfect move by AJ. And Sam Man does get his career best finish. Another top five. Uh, something they desperately need to make sure they get to the next round. Uh, but as you mentioned, first race he's really lost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, earlier this year I felt the same way about Bubba at uh, Michigan. First race that they, or maybe Kansas, but not quite, but probably Michigan, which ironically Kansas is probably the other one where they end up winning it that, that felt like the first other than a plate race and he, he he still I also never really felt like he lost a plate race uh either most of the time it felt like he was in fifth and managed to get up to second Wait, so Michigan yeah. felt like Bubba's first time really losing a race and then he went out and won one this year so maybe we'll we will see something similar from Sam Mayer maybe when Noah inevitably does not win Homestead Sam Mayer will pick up the pieces yeah, I mean, all you have to do is be within like 15 seconds of Noah Gregson at Homestead, and you have a chance. <laughs> Just be on the lead lap. Be on the lead lap, and you'll have a chance when inevitably something happens to him. But I mean, there's 
again, not a not a ton to really talk about in this no, race, like, other than the fact it was good. It was clean, I mean, and you had good racing all day. Clean, great racing. Yeah, I mean, Austin Hill led 60 laps, like, had mm-hmm. the best car and just tried to block Noah too much. Got them both up out of the, the groove, out of the, the, the trains, and they, yeah, just never could get back to the front. Because when he was in the lead, him and, and Sheldon Creed, uh, when Creed was in second, they just did really control control the tempo of this race. and <laughs> Certainly something could wind up mattering, as uh, if Austin Hill, who did win both stages, uh, if, if he winds up missing that, the championship race by five points. But looking at this top ten, other than I probably Sieg in fourth, does not feel like a restricted plate top ten at all. Playoff drivers occupying fifteen or um, what do they have? Twelve drivers, eleven <laughs> of the top fifteen spots, and then the four cars that are in here that aren't uh, in the playoffs are Trevor Bain, a car that is in the playoffs in the eighteen. Sheldon Creed who almost made it. Uh, Landon Castle, who also almost made it. The one exception being Parker Hugerman in the forty-eight, who we know is fast. We we know we know that team's fast. It's actually Parker's best finish. In the Xfinity Series since the sixth place at Watkins Glen all the way back in 2013. Wow. Uh, similar to Priest, man, who we didn't even mention in the Trek Series, but got another yeah. top five. Fourth place finish for Ryan Priest. Uh, just guys we know are incredibly talented that deserve a chance in something. Uh, both both Kligerman and, and uh, Ryan Priest, so... Solid run for him. Top to, first start in the 48 this year, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I assume his only start. So he might have. Did he I do one he, on the Indy Road Course? I, was was the he in the 48? He, he did run that race. He, he, was, he was in the, uh, the 35, it looks okay. like. I guess he did games. run that race, but I'm pretty sure his car broke anyway. Mm-hmm. But I did not think it was the 48. No. Uh, so, I mean, just incredibly clean race. Uh, looking at... The the playoff picture, uh, I mean, it's not as good of a battle as the truck series is shaping up to be, where you have four guys fighting for one spot, and then obviously uh, Infinger, who is hoping to get a miracle win at Homestead. But we do have two drivers now locked in because of uh, just g- getting a wins in both AJ Allmendinger and Noah Gregson, would actually be tied atop the standings. Uh, but I mean, these are also uh, very, very good playoff points for AJ Allmendinger. And it also, he talked about it. He wanted just to be in a really solid spot going into the Roval so they could just do everything they, they could to win the Roval. Can't be in a much better spot than already being locked into the next round. I mean, everything's coming up good for AJ there. You know, he's going to go out and try to win the Roval. And chances are probably going to get it and then you look at these two races that's 10 additional playoff points going into the next round if he doesn't i mean it's still possible to over the weird one i don't play up points are going to be weird he could win at least the first stage honestly and still win the race but true true we'll, if you uh, want to play it that way we'll see what happens at the bare minimum yeah i mean 10 extra if he wins 10 more playoff points uh, separating himself solidifying himself for sure in the top four once the reset happens yeah, like he was he was kind of in that gray area where it's like maybe was, Austin Hill could do something, maybe Josh Berry could do yeah, he something. He was in fourth, but, but he wasn't it wasn't all that clear of Josh Berry or Austin Hill. Eight. Two drivers who could still do something, but it's just now they actually have more catching up to do. Uh highest guy not locked in on points is Ty Gibbs sitting 49 to the good. Next is Austin Hill sitting 43 to the good. 
I mean, just literally avoid complete kiss, uh, failure. And honestly, even with complete complete failure, probably still make it to the next round. Yeah, I would. Uh, uh, I would say just uh, start the car. <laughs> they don't. I don't think they need to. If you want to be super safe, you could play for stage points. I don't think they're going to need to. They could just focus on trying to potentially win the race. Both. I mean, Austin Hill, underrated road racer. I feel. Um, and obviously, we know Ty Gibbs is a, is a good road racer. Uh, next, where it starts to get a little bit interesting, uh, Josh Berry up 27, Justin Allgaier up 25. Then I could see them playing the stage points uh, pretty heavily. Uh, if one of you just get 10 stage points, you're probably sitting in a really good spot there. Uh, next is Sam Mayer, who's in seventh, 12 up. Uh, and then Ryan Seaglass, the guy in currently at six up. Probably going to play the stage points too, uh, but they won't necessarily save you if anything happens, goes wrong in the last stage. Credit to Ryan Sieg, uh, currently sitting six to the good. I don't think it'll be enough. I hope I'm wrong, but just sitting six to the good here, uh, he's also not a very good road racer, which is also why uh, he's not, not necessarily in a good spot, but sitting six to the good here is better than I expected him to be unless he had won Talladega. So two top tens to start the round for him. Uh, just the second top five of the season. So is at least sitting on the inside. Guys out, you have three guys that could still certainly race their way in. Daniel Hemrick, minus six. Riley Herbst and Brandon Jones, mo- both minus ten. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to definitely go for stage points. Go for every point they they have. And uh, I think... Uh, uh, Rovell's always crazy. Yeah, I mean then, the only the only person that's in a must-win spot yeah, is Jeremy Clements. Is a, yeah. I mean, I think we are with the way that these kids are on road courses. I think we're past, the, and I've said this earlier in the year, past the point where I I could see a Jeremy Clements going out there and winning, uh, just because these kids are so good. They're so with, with this year. I think it was seven. Next year, it's going to be eight. Uh, road courses on the schedule. It's just a lot harder for equipment like that to run all that well on the road course, but he does have a road course win. Uh, Rain, not in the forecast, just checked because that was probably also his next best bet. Uh, So yeah, certainly Jeremy Clements in a must win. Had a very eh, Talladega, finished 20th. So it's just... uh, we have some exciting battles in the points going into what is for all the, the teams, their next race will be a cutoff race for, you know, the truck series. We'll have two more races for other, the other series between there, but all of them leaving Talladega with one race to go before another cut. Yeah, and, I think, uh, I think it'll be good. I mean, you, you, yeah. you, I think we both kind of agreed for the Xfinity series. It would be Hemrick Herbst and Brandon Jones and Sam Mayer fighting for two of the, Last fall, although I'll say Hemrick, surprising, honestly. Mm-hmm. Hemrick, I think we had counted out. And I thought he would be further back. I thought a, he'd be behind a, Jones and Hurts. If he could have avoided the contact, the, the accident at, the, uh, at Texas, he'd be sitting in a very nice spot. But as it is, still alive because of his performance there. Uh, we'll save any predictions for uh, our preview of the Roval, but... I will say this, if I could pick any of these five guys that are closest to the line, Sieg, Hemrick, Herbst, or four, Sieg, Hemrick, Herbst, Jones, I would not take Sieg. I know that for sure. Yeah, I 
I would agree. Um, that's the one that kind of seems like the odd person out. It's going to be interesting with the other three, uh, Hemrick Jones and Herbst. And, uh, you know, Mayor, I think he's in a decent spot. He's but had some speed on road him, courses. But we've but seen the him have issues the road. the whole we year. Also, mm-hmm. And the road course, the Roval is the Roval. Like, it's not necessarily as chaotic as it was those first couple years, but... He is but we'll certainly, with Mayor, he did get a top 10 here last year. So that's he certainly that wants to avoid any issues. If he has a clean race, they'll probably play for some stage points. He'll probably be okay. But clean race is something he has certainly struggled to have at times. Mm-hmm. Might have gotten one on Saturday, but uh, the Roval will be a completely different beast when the Xfinity series get there in about a week's time. Now, going over to the cup race, uh, as we were already saying, Pretty similar to the Xfinity Series race. Uh, we did have one medium-sized accident. I'd, I'd say it qualified for the big was, one on the day, but it was weird. It, it was, was weird, weird man. Like, for as if middle of the track, middle of the, the field, accident occurs, and only, I believe it was two cars got actually uh, taken out by it. Yeah, only two cars got taken out by it. Some cars had damage that they seems like they probably never were able to recover from, but only two cars with enough damage that they uh, just exited the race right then. Yeah, uh, only two were Harrison Burton and Ty Gibbs. I know Burton kind of backed it into the wall, so I know there was a little bit of concern there, just given uh, all the issues that we've had with these next-gen cars backing into the wall, causing injury to drivers. Harrison looked okay uh, in his post-race. Yeah, his interview after. He said 100% fine. That's good, at least. Um, only other actual on-track accident throughout the day was uh, Corey Joy. He had a tire go yeah, down. Also, he hit the wall. Also uh, hit the wall. Stage one. Mm-hmm. All three. Oh. We had we had four non-stage acts, non-stage cautions in the race. One was for Ty. Very early in the race, Ty Dillon's. I think it was window popping out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Debris on the track, so they had to throw it then. And then these this two accidents. One. And I won't lie, I think we all had the same feeling when Tor- Corey Joy's tire went. Oh, yeah. It was kind of a moment of, oh, boy, here we go again. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was definitely thinking that, especially after last week. Just you don't like seeing the, he- the people I mean, have tire issues. Obviously, and... different profile track, but one of the tracks this year when we saw these issues were a track similar to the style of racing at Atlanta. Yeah. We, we yep. did see tire issues at Atlanta, obviously. Loads are a little bit higher there just because the uh, turn radius is so much narrower. But certainly after the last couple of weeks, a hold your breath moment, but was the only, I think, the only tire issue we saw all day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, much like the Xfinity race, a lot of good side-by-side racing. Um, actually ended up with 57 lead changes. Yeah, so. it was too, too wide almost the entire time. Sometimes one lane would get a little bit ahead, so maybe the first five, six, seven cars were single file, but two lanes almost the, the whole time, uh, which, I mean, isn't, I, I hate it, and the, the times when I argue for shorter races at these tracks the most is when they are single file the whole time. Usually it seems to happen more when they're riding the wall than um, when the preferred line is down low, but it was not really like that at all. It was... I think there was a, maybe a one stretch there for a little while where it was like 15, 20 cars were single file, but for most of the time it was double file the whole way. 
Um, I know this race did take a bit of a turn here with about, I think it was six or so laps to go. Maybe a, maybe a little more. But uh, Daniel Hemrick's car stops on the track. In pit, well, not on the track, in pit road. And I know that's what a lot of people are talking about um, that did set up the finish of the race. Yeah, it just it felt like it didn't need to be a caution. They could have. He was still on pit road. He was, you know, the furthest down pit road he could be. It was the last pit box, not one that's used. But it feels like they could have just pushed him to the garage. Uh, I saw a uh, Facebook meme of where Hendrick paid for the um, the caution. And listen, I'm no, I, I'm obviously a, an HMS fan. But if if they can somehow at that point know, yes, if we get a caution here, Chase Elliott can win the race, or anyone else can win the any other Hendrick car can win the race. It's pretty impressive since neither of them were leading. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, Chase. You know, if one of them had like a tire going down or something, okay. But this was Chase was just like in fourth, just rut riding there, clearly in contention for a win. So I don't see how this changes anything. But. He was like, I don't know, fourth. It felt like maybe even on the inside line. Like I didn't really, I didn't really feel like at that point when the yellow came, Chase was in position to win that race. Maybe he would have been because you know plate racing is plate racing, but. I do not think by any stretch of the imagination I expected or anyone expected Chase Elliott to pull this win off, uh, especially the way he did. I mean, he just happened to make the right moves when the race went back green on the green-white checkered. I mean, we'll we'll never know how it would have went down. I know Ryan Blaney and Eric Jones were shaping up to have a good duel there, but you know, the race gets restarted, and Chase, similarly to A.J. Allmendinger in the Xfinity race on Saturday, was able to work his way to the outside lane. Uh, he gets a great push on the outside by, I believe, Eric Jones that was able to push him out in front of Ryan Blaney coming through the trial on the last lap. And, you know, Chase wasn't perfect. Blaney was able to get back to his outside, but it was just too little too late. And by a little less than half a tenth of a second, Chase Elliott keeps that streak of at least one driver scoring five wins in a season alive. He picks up his fifth win of the year. Um, hey, you know, take him how you can get him, but... Uh, I think it was a pretty, a pretty gutsy performance there by Chase Elliott. Uh, he's obviously won a ton of races, and he's had some spectacular moves to get him. But I kind of feel like since Chase doesn't have that like major win, this is almost like a signature win. Probably that signature win is like the championship, but just in terms of the excitement and the moves that he made out there, um, you know, really, really uh, fun to watch on that last lap. Oh, very, very entertaining, very good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Obviously, it was <laughs> it was great. It was a good race, great moves, uh, pretty pretty great weekend overall. Uh, a lot of good racing, mostly clean racing for especially for a plate track. Uh, obviously, you had the wreck at the end of the race at Talladega, or at of course it was at Talladega uh, in the truck series, um, and then made worse by the caution. Although is a whole all-around bad situation. But the race stuff was still pretty clean. They were all racing pretty clean. I know supposedly Ben Rhodes was was complaining, but I don't know what he was complaining about. He's lucky he uh, got to keep his vision. But, I mean, the, the, for a Dega race to only take, a 500-mile Dega race to take just over three hours, pretty, uh, pretty good pace there. I would say, speaking of complaining, uh, just going back to... <laughs> Earlier in the race, I believe it was at the beginning of stage two, Ryan Blaney did not like the aggressiveness from all the other drivers up at the front of the pack and dropped back to the end of the field. And 
I think we all agreed, uh, including Dale Jr., that Ryan Blaney was the one who was being aggressive there. Everyone else was kind of just minding their own business, and he thought it'd be okay to go walk three lanes across the track. Like. Pulls a really late block on Brad about Rex himself and Brad and potentially the whole field. Uh, yeah, it was just a, it was it was a pretty hilarious moment. It was it was comical because I think everybody was thinking like, man, you're you're the one trying all these crazy blocks. Like it doesn't feel like nothing too insane's going on out there. And Blaney decided to drop back to the back of the pack. Uh, ultimately. Probably the right move allowed him to cool off. And uh, even though he didn't win the race, I'm sure he wanted to be the 20th different winner of the season and punch his ticket to the next round. He is in a very good spot heading to the Roval, I would say. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's definitely in a, in a good spot. Uh, obviously, Chase, the only one locked in, uh, courtesy of his win. Uh, second place is Ryan Blaney, who's sitting 32 up. Uh, Ross Chastain sitting 28 up and then third. They're definitely pretty solid. Uh, avoid disaster, and they'll almost certainly make it through. And obviously, this these numbers are all contingent on a uh, reduction in Byron's penalty. Uh, I guess, actually, it, it would not change because we do have a tie on the cut line. I guess Byron's penalty getting reduced would not actually change these numbers, but it would certainly change... Some of the atmosphere around it. But anyway, Ross Ross and, and Blaney sitting pretty good. 28 up for Ross, 32 up for Ryan Blaney. Uh, Denny Hamlin sitting 21 up in fourth. Joey Logano, 18 up. Kyle Larson, 18 up. Uh, Joey just was up there for one of the stages, I feel like. Yeah, stage one. And then I just didn't see him all day the rest of the day. It's kind of been him, you know... All season, there'll be some races where they look good and some where they're out to lunch. You got that in the same race today. I just, I know he was in that wreck, but you're right. They were able wreck, to end after Yeah, that it. wreck was in, in stage one. So I don't, it'll be interesting when you ask him about it. Truex also was in the back all day, finished uh, 26. But if you told me that Truex was basically like, I'm not going to race this race. I don't want to do this. Uh, it, make, it would make sense. One, plate racing has not been all that kind of Truex in the Cup Series. Not running really for anything. He is literally only running for wins. Uh, he is not going to get passed by anybody in the points, barring a complete collapse. Uh, and at this point, he has nothing to race for but a win. I guess, theoretically, his car could catch the 12. Um, I don't know how possible that is still. But they were close before the playoffs started for that. You know, seven or yeah, seventeenth spot in the owners' points, but I don't think he cares that much about it. So if you told me Truex was just riding because he didn't want to get in a crash, uh, I'd believe that. But Joey Logano is racing for a championship, so I do not know what was going on there. It was very, very puzzling. I mean, I have a similar complaint with Chase Briscoe. I mean, they said on the broadcast that their strategy was to just ride and be there at the end. Well, you leave this race tied with Austin Cindric on that bubble line, um, you know, I don't, maybe it's a hindsight's 2020 thing. Cause I don't know how many times we've seen him wreck coming to the end of stages, but you know, Cindric ended up finishing in the top. Well, I think third or fourth in stage one, like he got extra points there and he finished ninth. Briscoe finished 10th. You, you, that's going to be something I feel like if he misses by a couple points, they're going to look back on and probably wish they ran the stages at Dega differently. 
Yeah, it'll uh, certainly be interesting. Uh, I would get, like, if you had a good cushion running it, say, I think it's the wrong decision, but I would get it. But instead, it feels very questionable when you're already on the cut line to, to run it that safe. Um, the guy in seventh, Daniel Suarez, up 12, by the way. Last guy in that is actually up any. Briscoe is technically in right now on the tiebreaker, sitting in eighth. Austin Sindrick, uh in ninth. But like I said, they are tied, both obviously zero points away from each other. Uh, William Byron currently 11 back. Uh, so that'll obviously change based on if the penalty gets reduced. Uh, and then the next two guys I think are in must-wins. Christopher Bell in 11th, 30, or sorry, uh, yeah, 33 back. And I don't think this is a surprise. Alex Bowman uh, sitting in 12th, 54 back if he even races next week. Yeah, obviously uh, Technically, not mathematically must-wins for either of them. Uh, Bowman by the slimmest of margins. Uh, but not mathematically must-wins, but obviously 54-back is a must-win. And 33-back for Bell, I just don't see them getting enough stage points to make up that deficit. Uh, so I think he'll be in a must-win as well. Yeah, I, I would agree, um, especially with Austin Cedric being one of those guys in front of him. Uh, you know he's going to run really well at the Roval. And, you know, Chase Briscoe has an Xfinity win here on this track, so maybe he could do something, although has not looked... As good on the road course. Well, I, I will say for Briscoe, part of, of why I think they haven't looked as good this year on the road course, not universally, but I remember, and I'm sure there are some exceptions, but basically every opportunity there was to go for stage points at, at the road courses, he went for stage points. Uh, so if you get 18 stage points and finish 15th, well, that's better than unless you won the race. That is fair. Uh, and mathematically still actually even, no, I guess it's just worse than if you won the race. Uh, so I, I won expect Briscoe a hundred percent to play the stage points here. They've done it all year. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting. A lot of it will depend on when people, where people are running. Uh, going to, I think you have to play for stage points. If you're Cindric Briscoe, even Daniel Suarez, because if you can't let those guys make up, 12 points on you. No, no, you can't put yourself in that situation. Even where... Lar- It's just so like Larson Logano and Denny, like if Cindric and Briscoe, if one of them gets 20, the other gets 18, let's say, uh, well now they're right there going into the last stage with Denny Logano, Larson, only a little bit back of Ross and, and Blaney. It's going to be really interesting. And a lot of it's going to depend on what these guys do. Obviously, if you're Cindric and Briscoe, Right, if the if you're running eighth and ninth like they are right now, and I don't expect this to happen because I would think at least Chase pit. But let's say you're Briscoe, you're running eighth, and positions one through seven don't pit. Well, at that point, maybe you pit. Mm-hmm. You pit. You you give up what would be the three stage points for track position. So it'll be real interesting to see what happens here because road course stage points are always kind of up for grabs. Briscoe's grabbed a lot of them this year, and I. If we if this race is end up decided by stage or if the whoever's uh, eliminated is decided by stage point, I would not be surprised at all. Uh, I, quite a bit different scenario too, and I don't expect Byron's penalty to be fully reversed, maybe reduced, but I don't expect it to be fully reversed. But if it was fully reversed, well now Briscoe and Cindric in a quite a different situation, and so is everyone else really, right? You're not just right now. You, sure, you look at Briscoe, you're or you look at Cindric, you're 
up to he's at you're you're up the whatever points 12 18 whatever but byron's right there in 11th we've seen byron have a lot of speed here or 11 points back that is uh i think he got pushed through the chicane last year i think it was but was running second third could certainly make up those points you almost i feel like would rather see byron get his points back and not have to worry about him feeling like he needs to win yeah no i mean that's that's a good point and it's definitely gonna change what these drivers you know go to the track um with you know whatever plan they have with going to the track um i'm very interested to see what comes of this appeal I think you know we we mentioned it last time that I think Hendrick has a case to at least get this reduced. Listening to Rick in uh, Victory Lane today, I think he feels like they're going to get it completely overturned. Uh, that's that's just how I felt listening. to I don't think you would waste time uh, because this isn't like a tire uh, tire loss penalty, right? Where pretty well established, you appeal it so that you can basically better set up for your crew chief being gone. Or if you really like the race you're going into, you want the crew chief there, and then you just have him serve the next four. No one's getting removed from this penalty. This is just a points penalty. I don't think they would be appealing it if they did not think they had an actual case. Mm-hmm. I... So, so few of the penalties. Like We saw some with the tires earlier this year, and I think those drivers thought they had a case. Those teams thought they had a case. I didn't think they did, but I think they thought they did. Because uh, we see it all the time now, right? And we've seen it before, even historically, before this year. Oh, penalty. Oh, we're going to appeal after the next weekend. Actually, we're dropping the appeal because you want to keep that crew chief there for. I mean, you saw it. Give us more time. Plenty last week. Texas. Yep. You want to give more time to get the people in place, get things ready. Uh, but this one, like I said, it's just points. It's just points. So I don't think they'd be doing this unless they felt they had a case, which, in my opinion, they do. It's. Mm-hmm. Obviously, going to be almost impossible uh, for me to completely make myself unsubjective in this. Pretty well established. I'm a pretty big HMS fan. But this seemed like a dumb penalty. To begin with, it just it felt like a penalty because we didn't do a good enough job during the race. So here, we're going to penalize you now. Which you can't do. Like, you just, I, I agree. I don't, do I don't think yeah. you can get to penalize someone to make up for your own mistake. So that's yeah. my opinion of it. But I, I think. Well, actually, I know for a fact you agree with me. Still wish Talladega was the cut race. Yes, this makes it more exciting. Yep. But Roval, Roval makes it exciting too, just because. Well, personally, I think just the way it was at the beginning. I guess not the very beginning, but for once they introduced the Roval, Roval cut off race uh, round one, Dega cut off round two, because I think the stage point element at the Roval makes that pretty pretty interesting, especially. Mm-hmm when it's close as it is both here and the Xfinity series. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting next Sunday there when they go to the Roval and we're uh, definitely going to preview that, but uh, let's take a look at uh, the bets, our picks. Well, um, before we do that, a couple guys, I do want to shout out in right. the cup series. One for chase five also ties his most wins uh, in a season. So, uh, and that was his championship year. Pretty crazy. No one else has what? I think two is the most anyone else has. Three. Reddick has three. Oh, Reddick has three. Now you're right. You're yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Sad, he's not, 
Yeah, well, I mean, did he cross the line first three times? Let's let's be real here. But uh, um, as much as this just been a weird year for Ryan Blaney, he is only one top five away from tying his career high in top fives. Uh, I don't think that's going to be true for very many drivers in terms of even setting what their career average is in a lot of numbers this year, just because of how chaotic it's been. But they've had a solid year. They just, I, you, you mentioned earlier, I, I do think at this point he's probably going winless uh, yeah. this season. Uh, could obviously win the Roval, decent road racer. Uh, certainly could win it. Basically, every track we go to, and that's always been true. I just, I don't know that he will. I just, I just don't see it. I think this was his best chance, and um, you know he, he might make the final four somehow, and he might finish second in the non-playoff standings. Pretty solid year, but I know he's probably gonna have a bad taste in his mouth if he doesn't get one trip to victory lane. Uh, da- oh, McDowell out next, the third, just his second top five of the year, which is you know solid. Ties his career high, but man, 12 top 10s for a guy that had 17 in almost 400 starts going into this year. Uh, I don't think you could. I, and I'm sure when we get to the grades, it's, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to give him an A. Like, I think it's pretty hard to get an A without multiple wins, without a championship. But when you, the expectation that we had around this team, Michael McDowell, 37. Right, I feel like we all knew what he was, and I think we thought he could compete. I, I I don't think the fact that Michael McDowell, the driver, is capable of getting twelve top tens is all that crazy. But the step that fr- uh, front row has been able to take is nothing short of remarkable. I mean, I know it's a plate race, but uh, Todd Gillen seventh—that's two top tens for him today. Two top tens, uh, just Todd's, I believe, second top ten of his career. Uh, hope they keep him around. His uh, and I think we've seen a lot in recent weeks, a little bit more speed there. Uh, not like it was in the beginning of the year. So I, I do hope he gets to uh, stick around another year. Uh, I've been waiting for this one for uh, a while because I, I saw that it was possible uh, quite a bit ago. Uh, Eric Jones now has more top 10s in the 43 than anybody since Richard Petty in 1987. Wow. Richard Petty, 1987, last time the 43 had more than 12 top 10s in the season. You know, somebody's not fair. Bobby Hamilton, who ran pretty solid in the 43, didn't get 36 races. But point stands. Although did have around 31, which is what we've, we've uh, mm-hmm. run. I think they had 29 back then. Some, something around there, yeah. But just another one. Like, I think most of us thought that they would be better. Uh, I don't feel like Gallagher would get involved if he didn't think they could compete. Uh, but just the uptick in speed from last year. Like he's only one top 10 off of what he had his last year at JGR. Uh, so just remarkable season for them and that team. And very excited to see what, what him and Noah can do next year uh, as well. It'll be a fun team next year. Uh, Daniel Suarez also ties his career high for top 10s. Uh, his rookie year, actually he had 12, and he has 12 now. Uh, another, if they could get some consistency in them, man, still sit like sitting 12 points to the good. I, right now, I expect him to make it to the next round, which a lot of people didn't. No, I, I thought he might get bounced in the first round. So, 
Uh, another top 10 at a plate track for Austin Sindrick, uh, who's, I think, pretty indisputably, I think, the, the best restricted plate racer this year. Uh, at least in terms of finishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Briscoe, you already mentioned, obviously he should go for stage points, but uh, now has two top 10s, I think, in the playoffs, where he had four in the whole regular season combined. Most of those coming in the first quarter. So I really hope he just gets eliminated now, because I, I don't want him in a lot the final of, four. <laughs> with the way, like, he has been the very definition of survive uh a fifth at texas which was a very solid texas finish don't 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 get that twisted uh 10th at talladega but in the first round his best finish was 13th and he by the end of bristol was very solidly in needed basically full-on catastrophe to get through so i don't have a problem with Cindric. i think Cindric's uh been undone by the team's inability to get stage points uh, I know there there are some people out there that keep track of of Winston style points where there are no stages, and I know before today I think it was Cindric was eighth in those points, uh, underrated solid year. But Briscoe has not been great, so I you probably I'd have to go back and look. And this is not to shit on on Chase Briscoe. I think as a whole, uh, Stuart Haas has just been so inconsistent. But I would venture to say that at least in the stage point era, playoff point era, Briscoe, if he makes through, probably the worst guy to make the round of eight. I would say so. I'd have to go back and check, but... I mean, like, Ryan Newman actually had a sneaky good year in 2014. I think that's the one people always go to. That's the one people always go to because he didn't win a race. Um, Right. I think he would have finished, like, six of them points under a full season format, so... So, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's certainly what this system can do. Uh, I mean, it's so weird, though, because Chase Briscoe obviously couldn't have, well, couldn't have won Dirt Bristol, but was relatively close to coming to the playoffs with three wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, was right there for Larson in the 600. And like I said, obviously, a uh, couple more laps at Dirt Bristol doesn't dive bomb Reddick and probably just gets past him. Yeah. Or at least gets to him where, where maybe he moves him out of the way, but he can get past him without wrecking them both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landon Castle, last guy I wanted to, to mention real quick. Uh, brought it home 11th. Very solid day. They got stage points. Just a, a solid day. It was a, a weird... because There were some names, though, that like were invisible all day. Bubba. Didn't, don't really see Bubba most of nope. the day. Uh, Kyle was up there for a little bit. And once he fell back, never saw him again. Uh, Ricky didn't really see him all day, other than like oh, the very, very beginning. When he started the big wreck. When he started the big wreck. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Brad. Oh. Brad, Brad, Brad. Uh, same thing with Harvey. Both of them in contention to contend, speeding penalties on pit road. That is Brad's. I don't know how many he has the rest of the season, but I'm. That is his third at Talladega. That really sums up his year. I feel like, and you know what that that affected Ryan Blaney at the end of the race. I am sure Brad would have pulled out to win, but if he had Brad up on his back like he did that was that race, that 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 was probably the strongest car combination we saw. Honestly, Brad pushing Blaney. 
mm-hmm. uh, to where, yeah, if if when that they were there, like again, it was two two lanes almost all time, but really the closest that other lane could get with any kind of consistency was like fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very strong. So yeah, certainly could have cost uh, Ryan Blaney a chance. Uh, invisible at the end. Kyle Larson did almost win a stage though. Uh, kind of felt like after that stage, though, he just pieced out to run in the, the back the rest of the day. Yeah, I didn't. I saw him try to make a move on the outside there and uh, with about probably before that last yellow. It's around like 10 to go. And then they just dropped all the way back to the tail end of the pack. Uh, Ross, solid day, finished fourth. Byron, quiet day, was up at the front at points, uh, finished 12th. Uh, somehow went from uh, f- like second with like two to go in stage one to finishing 11th and getting stage points that could end up mattering. Uh, last guy. And not that he had an uneventful, uh, uneventful day, but certainly didn't spend much time in the front. Christopher bell, uh, someone who we thought needed points, but pretty lucky to even be able to still finish the race. It looked like he was headed straight for the wall. Uh, when he spun out coming to pit road, he's, he's lucky that wall just ends. If that wall kept going and jetted out a couple more feet, he would have nosed into it. And it, Probably would have ended his day. So, uh, huge break there, even though, you know, no stage points throughout the race, which, uh, honestly, unless he won both stages, I don't know what one or two stage points could have done given Yeah, not only one or two stage points, but, you know, if they finish 10th, he gets, you know, 15 stage points. Yeah. Well, you know, then we're talking. Yeah. But, uh, not, uh, not it for Bell and, uh, in terms of, I will say, even coming to pit road, pretty pretty clean for a plate race. A couple penalties, but Bell's the only one I remember uh, uh, spinning. I know. Reddick had an issue getting into his box because yeah, he was they, on the they, outside. He was like stuck in the middle. It wasn't just. Yeah. I think he might have actually been in the middle. There may have been three wide on <laughs> pit road there, uh, and had a brake too hard. Also, ran out of gas coming to yeah, the end of the, stage. The, two, was it the I checkered think. on stage two, or was yeah, it coming to the white? I think it was coming to the check green checkered. Yeah, yeah, just inexplicably ran out of gas. I get it, but God, these teams always cut it too close on gas here. Like, obviously, it wound up working out here, but how many times have we seen guys have to pit because a green white checker happens? I mean, we, we heard that with Blaney, where they said it was going to be close and he's leading. He's not saving any fuel there. Uh, luckily, the race didn't go to a green-white checker. The last restart was with a uh, regular two to go, so we Blaney didn't have to also find got that out. A, a caution there to help him save a little bit True. gas there as well. Yeah, no, I mean, there are about probably four laps there under yellow at the end of the race. So, you know, I know Blaney definitely wanted to win, but um, I'm sure he can't be too upset just given how good he's looking coming to the Roval next week. But uh, all right, now now let's go over the bets. Let's let's get into those, which uh, I feel like might have went a little bit better than uh, Talladega normally would. Uh, I'm going to go with no. Oh, well, uh, my my account said yes, but because I guess I'd be annoyed yes, what we but, picked. <laughs> but what we, what we picked, no. Uh, for the track race, I did pick Matt DiBenedetto to win, so that obviously worked out. Uh, you picked Grant Infinger, which uh, did not work yeah. out. Oh. Our value picks were Kaz Grala and Johnny Sauter, and I'm going to be honest, I don't know how they did in the race, so they don't have it pulled up anymore. Uh, Sauter. He got in the crash. He, he got, got in that crash. crash, yeah. Uh, for our head-to-heads, you picked Enfinger over. Kaz finished 18th, so okay. pretty meh. You picked Enfinger over Friesen, which did not work. Uh, I did Priest over John Hunter Nemechek, which did pan out. 
for the Xfinity series. You had Noah Gregson. I had Trevor Bain. Neither of those worked out. Noah Gregson would have been in contention if uh, Austin Hill didn't just try to almost wreck them both. Uh, for the value picks, you had Timmy Hill. I had Ryan Sieg. Sieg looked like he had a shot there. There was a run coming down the front stretch, and they just stalled out. Uh, for our, our head-to-heads, I had Hill over Gregson, which looked great for over half the race, but did not pay out at the end. Uh, Gregson finished, I think, 10th or 11th. Hill was just a little bit behind him. Uh, you had Sheldon Creed over Brandon Jones, which also did not pan out at the end. So a big offer in the Xfinity series. In the Cup series, you had Ryan Blaney to win. I had Brad Kostowski to win. Neither of those happened. Blaney, very, very close. Close, man. He was close there. Almost uh, had it. Very close. For the value picks, you had Michael McDowell, who was also close. Uh, I had Noah Gregson. Now, to be fair, this was also when he was in the 62. Not yes. in the 48, but still uh, did not. We saw he got stage points, I'm pretty sure, in one of the stages. Um, he doesn't look like he did. I thought the 48 got. I thought he got stage points in stage one. I am uh, looking on the wrong race now. Um, yeah, he got two stage points in stage one. So, you know, race. I'm uh, that not shocked uh, just because I didn't expect him to do anything too crazy. Just kind of exist. Uh, for our group bets, which, oh boy. Uh, group A, Blaney, Elliott, Hamlin, Logano. We both picked Blaney, and we all know that Chase Elliott won the race. So there goes Group A. For Group B, Byron, Larson, Chastain, and Sindrick. Chastain, a very solid day, finished fourth. We both picked Austin Sindrick. Group C, Bubba Wallace, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, and Christopher Bell. You did win this one as you picked Bubba Wallace to win. Uh, He finished 17th, or sorry, 16th. Christopher Bell, 17th. Kyle Busch, 20th. And Tyler Reddick also at some point ended up a lap down. Don't really know what happened there. Don't really know what happened. It was not from pitting at the end of the stage. So don't know how Tyler Reddick ended up a lap down. But uh, And also, these were also changed on um, racing ref, or on, uh, sorry, on DraftKings. I'm pretty sure this one just didn't exist at all. Uh, group yep. D was Bowman, Harvick, Suarez, and Briscoe. I did initially pick Bowman, although I switched to Suarez after uh, the the uh, announcement was made that Bowman would not be in the race, since they like to wait till Thursday to make that announcement. Uh, you picked Chase Briscoe, and uh, Daniel Suarez did get the best finish of this group, bringing it home in eighth. So we both got one group bet, which I mean, I guess for Talladega isn't crazy. No, I, I will say did did do a little bit better on other bets that we didn't talk about on here. So I left Talladega positive. That never normally happens. So I'll take it. <laughs> you know, solid, solid weekend there. Uh, obviously, that, uh, Ryan Blaney winning stage one had a good bit to do with that. It might have, it might have you know, uh, just a bit, a couple couple hundred bucks so that will definitely make it a little bit easier you know i'm at to benedetto too you know i didn't pick him on the podcast but we did put a little bit of money on him to win and uh, he eked it out maybe had an assist from nascar with him throwing the yellow but i'll definitely take him how i could get him <laughs> so not a not the worst weekend at talladega that's for sure um any final thoughts here before we wrap it up mark bring on the roval bring on the roval <laughs> 
I know a lot of people are probably saying that. AJ Allmendinger and Chase Elliott, definitely two of them that will be. And we know they have had both great success here at the Roval that we will be going to next week. And uh, we will be back ready to preview that for you in a couple of days. But until next time, guys, thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.